He said, although Billy was proposing to the love of his life through his Julie, Billy's wife has been on to me this morning and isn't very happy. I'm dying to be immortalised in FIFA. He was like, read his name out then as if he's coming on as a substitute. Oh, yeah, it is you. So I've gone absolutely massive for this announcement. And then to see it get chalked off by VAR. And the police said, stop this now. The roof of the North Bank was swaying. He said, it's not just getting beat but they played captain bloody pug wash as well <laughs> hello to you and welcome to we welcome your teens podcast about those people who are the voice you hear on the stadium pa at football grounds up and down the country i'm rich hurst the announcer at west bromwich albion i've been chatting to my counterparts up and down the leagues about why we love the job we get to do every single day match day. Uh, It's a privileged position, full of insight in what goes on behind the scenes and the more I delve, the more I meet similar people who live for that buzz when we introduce the teams just before kickoff. But quite a few of us have all had some rather crazy experiences that only come with being involved in the national institution that is a British football match day. So we're putting on our lanyards and our club bench coats, grabbing our clipboards, checking the mic is turned up loud for another edition of We Welcome Your Teams. And here we are meeting our guests today. As always with me, the voice of Old Trafford, Manchester United, Mr. Alan Keegan. Hello to you, sir. Always a pleasure, Rich. Thank you for having me on. And in, in particular, I'm so pleased to be on tonight, Can especially you... because of the guests we've got. It's like, it could be classed as the Wall of the Roses, this show, Rich. It could, couldn't it? I feel like I'm going to be a southern rose between two northern thorns on this one today. Because <laughs> sitting alongside our guest, Alan Keegan, from... Leeds United is Lee Nicholson. Here he is. Hello, Lee. Now then, gentlemen, thank you very much for having me. How are we? Very good. Very good. I will... I'll... Be nice and quiet, shouldn't it? Nice and yeah, this, this will be a fairly relaxed one, I think. Uh, great to have you both here. Thank you very much. Uh, we've already pitted Manchester United and Liverpool together on this pod and even Manchester United and Man City, but how will Manchester United and Leeds get on? I won't ask anything about on the pitch and first team experiences anyway. For now, I'll leave that. Lee, Lee, Lee is the guest and we don't upset him before we've even before we've even got going. Um, so Lee, t- t- take us a little bit in- into your world then. Your, how, how did you get started at Leeds United and how long have you been there? So this is my uh, fifth season doing it. Started uh, back in 2017. Um, and I come from a radio background. So a uh, radio presenter, for, for quite a few years. So I've been in media for about 20, 25 years now. And I was a drive time presenter at a station called Yorkshire Radio, which at the time was the official radio station for Leeds United. And um, a chap who was the head of news there uh, ended up becoming the head of LUTV. And uh, a lad called Tom Kerwin, smashing fella, um, just got in touch with me one day and said, look, our announcer's going on to do some TV work. Do you fancy it? I don't think he even finished the sentence. And I was like, yep, yeah, I'm there. I'll do it. Absolutely. Um, and went and had a meeting. And, and yeah, the, the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, and, and so what, and what are you doing when you're not announcing now then? What, what, what's, your normal, what's your normal gig? Well, I've actually I've come out of uh, media. I came out of media uh, about six months ago um, when we went into lockdown. I, I was working for, uh, for a radio station, but more on a sales kind of side of things. So putting together uh, marketing campaigns and, and what have you and doing that for quite a long time. Um, then when lockdown hit, um, the station sort of really struggled. Uh, it, it was sold on to, to another group and 
um, I'd sort of took the opportunity to explore the big wide world and uh, and moved on. So now I'm working for a large um, sort of removal and export uh, firm, and I'm working as a, as a surveyor. So I go around to people's properties and businesses and take a look at what they've got to move, and I'm lucky to meet some fairly interesting folk. Um, we do a lot of overseas work, um, sort of antiques and paintings and grand pianos, you, you name it. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a varied one. It's interesting. It's totally different from radio, but it keeps me out of trouble, which uh, Mrs. Nicholson is very pleased about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and as of, of the worlds of Leeds United and, and surveying property and things like that ever ever crossed over? You've ever done it and, and the, two's, the two ever collided? Yeah, do you know they did actually this afternoon? Um, I was uh, surveying uh, somebody who was moving out to Torremolinos. Um, and uh, when you go around the property and they're showing you everything that they've got, and so they opened up their, their wardrobes and they showed me how much stuff they've got in there to move. And there was Leeds shirts hung in there. So I was like, oh, Leeds United fans. And then it came up in conversation. Uh, so uh, I may have slipped them a, a program and a team sheet uh, just to, uh, you know, grease the wheels i suppose you know <laughs> just a nice right? little gesture that's all. Net- networking it's called isn't it networking that, that's exactly it. that's it. if anybody asks that's exactly what we tell them it is <laughs> yeah yep. um but yeah it's come up a few times that there's been uh, the odd occasion where people have sort of recognized me when i've got there which is still sort of blows my mind uh to now yep um one particular chap who when i pressed his doorbell it played marching on together and i thought oh we're on a good one here <laughs> uh, that's always a good start you know um, so yeah i mean to be honest with you part and parcel of my my working life has just been meeting and, and talking to people it's what i've done for, for years and uh, you know this particular role is no different and it's one that i absolutely love i get to travel around and meet loads of interesting folk it's uh, it's bobbling and and do, do people ask you to confirm it's you like they did me on a work trip a couple of weeks ago when i sat next to a chap from dudley who asked me to prove that i was indeed the west bromwich albion announcer by 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 doing a, a substitute for his mate on whatsapp yeah uh they've asked me i've had to i've recorded things on the, on whatsapp I've, I've been asked to record uh, happy birthday messages in the style um but you know what i I don't really get sick of it. It's just, it's quite flattering, really. Mm-hmm. It's it's nice, you know. It's um, it's good. I mean, I actually, as, as well as the the my full time job, I'm actually involved in uh, in boxing and, and MMA as well. So I do the. I'm an MC for for these fight events. So I travel around the country doing those. So it's pretty fun when you you know it's just getting just about to get into the cage and one of the fighters is coming up. And, Mate, I was at Ellen Road at the weekend. Awesome. What a performance. Like, do us a favor. We, we, we just signed that for us. I'm like, this guy's about to go beat 10 shades of snot out of another heavyweight. And all he wants to do is try and get a shout from me. It's That's amazing. Oh, <laughs> you must get asked. Do you do? I mean, I imagine after 20 years at Old Trafford, are you not, are you not raking in the, on the sideline, the, you know, happy birthday messages recorded by Alan Keegan? You should be. Oh, well, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, Rich. I normally do them um, for charity. So as long as they make a donation to the local Christie Hospital. However, I am on Cameo because I got asked to do loads and loads from people abroad. And it was just, it was becoming a full-time job. And I'm not just saying that. It was like every day I was getting pinged and can you do this and say that and do the other. And I I didn't mind, you know, and it was fine. But then I thought, well, listen, um, you know, like yourself, Lee, 
similar requests, blah, blah, blah. Can you say hello to this person, that person? So I'll tell you what I get a lot of, because United, Man United come out to this is the one. I get a lot of wedding requests and people want to play the uh, theme tune or whatever as they're coming into the banqueting suite or whatever it is. So, yeah, I, I, to be fair, I get asked to do quite a lot of them. But, cool. um, yeah, they make a donation to the Christie Hospital, which is the cancer hospital in Manchester, um, and donate to the charity. That's what I always try anyway. Nice. It's, it's interesting, is that, because it, I can't imagine, like, I don't feel personally that my voice sort of stands out that much. Mm. It doesn't sound that different. Um, and, and I think there's a few that you could say sound, I don't know, maybe quite similar. But there's two that really stand out for me. And I hate how to say this, because obviously you're one of them. Hey! <laughs> <Excuse> <laughs> me. Yourself and, and George um, over at, at Liverpool, um, are iconic voices. Um, you really, really are. And I think that's what we all sort of strive to be at the end of the day, isn't it? Don't say that compliment too far, Alan. Yeah. No, no, it's a bit early yet. I'm saving mine for as we get further into the show. But uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, George, I mean, what a hero George yeah. is. I mean, we had him on, didn't we, Rich? Yeah, absolute legend. Absolute legend, yeah. George. Yeah. And but I, sorry, Rich, I, I met I met George in my previous job. I, I, I used to work at the university in Preston. So George and I had, had a little bit of friendly banter, you know, but I mean, he, he's a diehard Liverpool fan and he's, it's a bit like yourself at the United thing, you know. But uh, anyway, I invited him over for a bit of lunch one day to the university. And my office, I mean, it, I'm at home at the moment, but my office literally was a shrine to Manchester United. <laughs> you know, it was just every every player I'd met over 20 years. And he came in and his reaction was absolutely brilliant. I must send you a picture, Rich. Perhaps you can put it on the social media for us. But uh, it's a brilliant picture. But no, like you say... Lee, in my eyes and in yours, obviously, he's he's the most iconic voice of yeah. all the stadium announcers. Mm -hmm. He's just got that gravel and that proper yeah. scouse voice that goals would be in the announcer. Well, but anyway, yeah. tonight's about you, Lee. <laughs> I was going to say, because Alan, you've probably got another 25 seasons to go before you're at George's level, and me and Lee have got yeah. about another 40 <laughs> at least to get to. So, yeah, we'll, come, we'll, we'll check back in in, those t in that time. Um, so, Lee, take us to Ellen Road then. What's your, what's, what's your view like of the game where you sit? So, well, pre-COVID, um, I was sat in the dugout. So, I literally kind of at the end of the dugout, um, and then there's a where the fourth official sits uh, just next to us, one chair on its own, and then the other dugout. So, everything was from sort of pitch level, which to start with, I mean, obviously, it's just being there, being that close to everything. And, you know, um, so it, eventually when, when uh, Marcelo Bielsa um, arrived at Leeds, you know, prior to that, when I joined, Thomas Christensen was, was the manager uh, and uh, and Paul Heckingbottom had a little run just after him. So you get to see these managers working in very, very different ways. Uh, and it was just a mind-blowing experience when we first started. But of course, when you're down at pitch level, there's, the, there's a camber on the, on the pitch. So you can't see what's actually going on on the far side of the pitch. Um, it's, it's a little bit tricky. Um, but now they've moved me to uh, where the tunnel sort of extends at Ellen Road. Uh, they've built a little sort of area there. So myself and, and my floor manager, uh, big shout to, to Matt Ingham, uh, who's a great guy. Um, and we both sit up there and that's where we control it from. So the downside of that is where I am um, sort of looking over the tunnel, Obviously, I've got the West Stand and the home fans just to my left-hand side and the director's boxes and everything. And then to the right-hand side, probably about three feet away from me is the away fans. 
uh, <laughs> and a row of uh, stewards. So when we're playing somebody like Burnley or, or Norwich or, or somebody like that, the fans are not too raucous. Then, of course, Manchester United come to town. Uh, and it's a little bit different. Uh, Liverpool, West Ham, you know, when these fans come, you kind of, I'll just make my way slightly, you know, further over that way. I'll just say, Matt, you can stay over there if yeah, you want. Yeah. Like, <laughs> a human shield. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're right, we're, we're right in the thick of it, uh, which to be honest is, I'm very fortunate because I know there's some announcers that are, you know, in a little booth, kind of right up in the stand and, you know, you you don't really get to soak it all in as much. I, w- I went to Aston Villa recently to moonlight a little bit and, and see what they get up to. And um, Russ Morris and I think it's Dave Poulton who kind of split it between them. Um, I sort of I was I was sat in the press box looking around for them and and, and I'm looking for them pitch side because there's there's quite a bit of activity with cameras and all that kind of stuff and can't see him and I had to message him saying whereabouts are you then he's like I'm up in a studio you know and yeah. you know he's like it's not the same it really isn't the same to be up there you know especially with the atmosphere you see you know a, you know somewhere on Villa Park they do a good job pre kickoff yeah. of, of of getting everything going although I didn't realise they sing Hi Ho Aston Villa just like they sing Hi Ho Wolverhampton. Uh, <laughs> I thought I thought the two of them wouldn't wouldn't be having that. You know? Yeah, you know, we played uh, we played Villa recently um, at Ellen Road. Not not a, a good night for, to be a lead no, song. Um, but we had a, a a technical issue, which which happens from time to time, and it meant that we had to I had to sit inside in the gallery in the studio and do the announcements from inside. It was the first time that I've had to do that. Um, so the match day experience was so different, mm. so so different. Uh, and of course, for us to, you know, for the game to pan out the way that it did as well. And, mm. you know, I was thinking maybe I can just make a case for, you know, this is what happens when I'm not out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Naturally, they're not going to wear that at all. But uh, yeah. yeah, I found it, I, I feel very, very fortunate to be to be set up where we are and to be, yep. you know, right in the thick of it every match day. So so your last five years then, you, you've, you've seen... A decent bit of action, I'd say, so far with with Championship to to Premier League. So, so what are the moments that, that stand out for you as the announcer from from the last few years? Then, um, to be honest, I mean, when you talk about the, like the most emotional um, sort of occasions, and there's there's emotional for there's emotional good and, and emotional bad, and I think the a really difficult time was obviously um, during during lockdown. Uh, because obviously uh, I was still there. I was still fortunate to be to be announcing, albeit to you know an empty stadium. Um, because we still had the media there, we still had the the kind of travelling directorship and uh, and all that. Um, and we lost um, a, a huge number of ex Leeds players, a number of legends. Um, and it seemed just so quickly it happened. You know, Norman Hunter and Jack Charlton. Mm. Peter Lorimer, Mick Bates, uh, Trevor Cherry. Uh, it was such a hard time because we couldn't we couldn't give them the send off that as as Leeds fans they they deserved um, for what they'd done for the club and that was particularly difficult. Um, uh, Pablo Hernandez and uh, Gaetano Berardi, their last game um, was a really emotional one because it was the last game of the season. Uh, if you remember that last game that we were allowed to have a small number of fans in, weren't we? I think it was like 8,000 fans or something. Um, and so those fans that were in to see, we called them, I announced them as the the warrior and the wizard. 
um, and we said the goodbyes to them. And you probably you saw the footage uh, when they left, and there was not a dry eye in the house. And you know, I, I'm a six foot five Yorkshireman, and and I was a blubbering mess. I, I don't mind admitting it. You know, um, that was that was particularly emotional. But then the other end of the scale, um, you know, the winning the, the championship and finally getting back to the Premier League after 16 years. Um, but now I find it difficult to to talk about that experience that night with, with other Leeds fans because nobody else was in there. So it was mm. such a surreal experience watching the boys lift that trophy after beating Charlton 4-1. And it should the roof should have come off that place. It really should. But, um, you know, whilst it was an amazing thing to see, it was just, you know, football throughout the whole lockdown um, you know, it, it felt soulless uh, in a way without the fans. So, yeah, it was an experience that I had. I was out on the team bus, uh, you know, the open top bus afterwards, you know, right outside the ground with a few fans that did turn up. And, uh, you know, we got to celebrate that moment together with, with the players, which was great. Um, but again, it's not something I've really spoken about with other Leeds fans because I almost feel bad. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about it, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to feel like I'm rubbing it in, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those moments where I can say I was there, and and yeah. and it, yeah. Uh, if we'd have had a full house there, it would have been something. Would have been something. Did, did that, yeah. that help? Did that get you any sort of different kind of relationship with the players? Because we all, we we do talk about on here about whether the announcers do or don't have relationships with players depends on all sorts of different factors, especially how long you've been doing it and yeah. moments like that that you go through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Gitano Baradi um, was, I mean, he's just a, such a lovely fella uh, and as honest as they come uh, both on and off the pitch, sometimes a little bit too honest on the pitch. Uh, a few red cards to his name, bless him. Um, but, you know, Berra was great. Um, to be honest with you, that. I don't think we get quite as much access to players as, as people think. Mm. Um, I think, like you say, I think the longer you've been there, um, I think obviously those relationships develop organically. Uh, and there are, there are a few guys now, like ex-players, that I'm, you know, I'm fortunate enough to call friends. Jermaine Beckford uh, is one of them, a really great guy. We're not talking him? about him. We're not going to mention him. We're not mentioning that game. Um, How long has it taken to get that name mentioned? <laughs> not done bad. That's all right. No, you're almost twenty minutes in. I mean, and you know that was that was, no, like, it, was all, it was all going so well. <laughs> how um, uh, how quiet did you announce him when he, he he scored that FA Cup goal at Old Trafford? That was a real kind of. No, 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 no. Were you there? Were you there, Lee? And no, I wasn't. I was actually living overseas at the time. Um, right. But yes, I was. I was there in spirit with everyone else. One of the worst days of my life as the announcer <laughs> at Old Trafford. Uh, there's, there's been a few bad games where I've just had to announce things that I've not wanted to announce. And that yeah. was your typical FA Cup game. You know, we did everything but score that day. Yeah, and, you did. And you and absolutely like, battered us, to be yeah. fair. Um, and to make, to make it worse, I think he scored it in the Stratford end as well. He did. Yeah. He did, yeah. And honestly... It, and it was, it was Wayne Rooney who gave the ball away. Wasn't yeah. It? Exactly, yeah. and yeah. a long, a, a long ball. Johnny Alson won it. Um, yeah, do you know I, that that day? I mean, as I say, I was living in Malta at the time, uh, and I'd been drinking in a in a little Irish pub down in a place called Spinola Bay. I know it well. Yeah, I've been down there. Yeah, all day, um, and then for that to happen, well, Manchester United is actually in the record books in Malta because it's got the largest supporters club according to a, the size of the country. 
Well done. Right. And so, the, the oldest. The oldest. That Yes, that's right. Wow. So, obviously, everywhere you look, it's either, you know, Manchester United shirts or Italian uh, football shirts. Yeah. So, so naturally, I've got the, the shirt on. My wife's got one. We've got the flags out and everything. So, we booked a taxi. And uh, and we had the flags out of the taxi, this old Mercedes taxi. And I just I just, just said, just do a couple of laps at Ireland, mate. You know, right? You know, absolutely hammered. Uh, yeah, this taxi ended up cost me about sixty euros because we did about four laps of Malta uh, just with these flags coming out the windows and people shouting and swearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Going past. Well, then I did the I had the drive time show to do on the Monday, and I started the show off with Beckford's goal, the commentary. But I did it in about four different languages. Oh. <laughs> so you had the South American commentary, the oh. German, the English, and something else. Um, yeah, I dined on that for a little while. On, nice. on. And and that, and now you get to call Jermaine Beckford a, a good mate. Yeah, That's do you know cool. what? That's it's so bizarre. It's uh, I think there's a when you're fortunate enough to do what we do, and, and something like that happens, and uh, yeah, I think you tend to to realise then that they're just normal lads. You know what I mean? Mm. They're, they're just normal guys that just want to talk about normal stuff, and it doesn't have to be football all the time, you know. Uh, and Jermaine's, Jermaine's, Jermaine's like that as well. He's a, he's a lovely, lovely fella. You'd like him, Alan. You should give him a chance. Yeah. I, he, I do, he's doing okay with his media work. I quite he like is. him when he comes over on that. You know, he's quite yeah. honest, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you know what? I saw, obviously, when I first started Jermaine, about six months to a year after I'd started it, he was doing more of the media stuff and we started to bring him in a little bit more to Ellen Road. Uh, and then to watch him kind of go on and, and sort of do more and more and more and more. Um, like when I first started at Ellen Road, um, Emma Jones, who uh, was on LUTV, she started the same night I did. We both started at the same game, uh, Port Vale in the Carabao Cup in 2017. And so her career's kind of gone straight up like that. And you know, a man just, just kind of going like this. But, you know, she's done brilliantly well for herself and Jermaine's doing great for himself. Mm. And, you know, it, it's great to see. And, and, and the club really helped. You know, people like Jermaine, Noel Whelan, uh, as well, who's doing yeah. a lot now on commentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a good yeah, way in. Know. It's a good way in for a lot of the ex-pros as well. And what about what about any sort of does it does the same kind of apply for managers? And I know, I mean, I'm gonna I'm wondering about Bielsa and what he, you know, he if he had any influence or if he thought anything about like what his stadium announcer has to be like or what they do or anything like that. No, to be honest, um, I mean, when I first started, at, um, you know, and I had my meeting with um, with the management at, at Leeds, it was. It was just a case of look, just just be just be big, just be just be loud, just you know, don't try and reinvent the wheel um, because you know ultimately I think if you try to do things too different, you risk the fans pushing back against you, um, which you know not everyone is open to change, uh, which we found the hard way on occasion. Um, but no, um, the, the managers never really had much of a say. It's always been the, the media team and yeah. um, and and. And sometimes the players, you know, if there's a track that they want to put into the playlist, then then that happens. But uh, you know, the, uh, the 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 kind of general match day program is left uh, yeah. is left to us really. When um when have you done stuff that didn't work? Then you just you just mentioned a couple of things there that you've tried that haven't gone down well. It, you didn't you didn't try the whole uh you know you say the first name they say the last name goal scorer thing. No. Um, now do you know somebody? I've had fans ask me about this, and you know, oh, you should do that thing where you shout the first name, and it's like, yeah, but what happens if I shout the first name out and then nobody says nobody the replies? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm I, not really. I think we've spoken. To, I can't remember who it is now, but I'm sure we've spoken to an announcer who still did that during lockdown when there were no <laughs> fans in. <laughs> 
can't remember who it was now. Oh, okay, oh, so you didn't try that. We we were talking. There was there's um there's a WhatsApp group of a few of the old two fifty five brigade, as we call it. And uh, I think someone was watching the Lille Chelsea game the other night and commented that in apparently it sounds like the stadium announcer joins in with the home fans chanting. So when they're singing a song, the stadium announcer joins in, which obviously then must you know go right around the stadium and sound quite good. And someone said, why can't we do that in the UK? Like, why can't we do that in the UK? And you just think, I think British British fans yeah. and, and European fans are a different kettle of fish, aren't they? Yeah. Do you know, it kind of, it makes me wonder sometimes like, how it starts. Yeah. You know, yeah. how do you start that? You know, unless you actually, you know, put something out on social media, you make a big thing of it and say, this is what we're going to do. Then you look like it, you're trying a little bit too hard, maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, it, yeah it's, it must, uh, it's I, an interesting one. Is that? There must have been a guy somewhere in like a German third division team who just decided to do it and shouted. And maybe for the first couple of games, no one replied. But he kept doing it and he kept doing <laughs> yeah. it until eventually it caught on. Then the Bundesliga caught on. And then I think, I know Arsenal do it here still, but I don't I don't know yeah. if anybody else does. I'm, I'm, we, we've spoken to a couple of people who, who do it, but... Um, yeah. Okay. So, but what? Yeah, sorry, so, what else have you tried? Then? Yeah. So, have you tried any other things that haven't gone particularly well? Or, um, do you know, not really. I'm, mm. I'd like to think I've, I'm, I've got a pretty good kind of, you know, you can kind of read the room uh, as it were. So, you'd like to think you know what's going to work and what isn't. Yeah. Um, so, rather than risk putting anything out there that's going to make the match day fall flat, because there's so much more than just the you know, it can affect everything, can't it? It can affect the mood of the crowd and, mm-hmm. you know, do you want to be that guy? Uh, I know I certainly <laughs> don't. Um, there's a couple of things that we've done which, in hindsight, you think, was that wise? Would I do that again? I, we had we had, we had a, a lady that wanted to renew her marriage vows uh, with, a, with, a, with a chap um, and they'd spoken to the club and they allowed them to do it. And, uh, and so they brought them down. We were playing Wigan. Um, and it was a horrendous day because I think Wigan had not won all season. They'd not won away all season. And uh, Lee, they'd not scored a goal in God knows how many games. And typically Leeds were like, oh, my beer. Um, yeah, and they came and they beat us. Um, and, and at half time, this, this, this lady came out onto the pitch with a fella. And she started reading these vows. And uh, at first, it kind of went all right. You know, I thought, oh, that's sweet. But then she just kept going and going and going and going. She'd written like the longest speech ever. But then you couldn't hear what she was saying. And then the crowd started booing. And then it was like, oh, no. And she just she just went. And then she said something down the mic. This is my moment. Stop it. Like that. And I was like, oh. Um, you wouldn't feel your toenails curling inside your shoes. Yeah. Uh, it, it was one of those. Um, I, I, I'm not really a fan of the wedding vows uh proposals on the yeah. pitch because as soon as you get a proposal on the pitch you know what chant is coming from the crowd yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah so yeah. i feel for him in that regard oh fair play and and what about yeah. any sort of any other sort of half-time things you've done that have or haven't worked because we do it does come up with people who've done half-time games that have or haven't worked <laughs> um yeah i mean we've always done i mean obviously lockdown put a stop to it um but we do dizzy penalties um yeah. half time so we'll just go grab somebody out of the crowd and uh, and bring them up and there was one chap that i got up uh a guy called nathan and uh <laughs> he was actually really really pissed. Uh, and, and we got him up onto the, you know, into the 18-yard box. So he's hand on top of the ball, 
you've got to run around the ball 10 times and then you've got to take a penalty against either Lucas the Copcat or one of the academy uh, sort of ball boys or, or keepers. And so this, Nathan, this footage is actually on YouTube. It's like legendary now. So this guy, Nathan, comes out and he, and he spins around the ball 10 times and he stands up and you just see him in slow motion, lean to the side. And then he keeps on leaning and keeps on leaning and he just stumbles all the way and he just goes boof, like that, <laughs> straight down. And like 35,000 people just went, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Oh, um, so we've done a few of them which have been uh, fantastic. Um, we've had some, uh, Luciano Becchio got up and did it as well. Uh, he was over from Argentina, so we got him to have a go. And, uh, yeah, it's nice. been there. Uh, couple of boxes and things um, yeah we've not really done anything it's not not worked the fans generally at half time but yeah right we'll take you back to our chat with lee nicholson very soon right now it's time to look at some of the releases from shoot music every friday there's a brand new stadium chart at sportplaylists.com or at sportplaylists on twitter that chart is compiled from downloads by stadium djs right across the uk uh, we always discuss the tunes uh, that our announcers playing marching on together not quite up there this week can't understand why lee sorry but out of some of these new releases, we go through quite a few of the tunes uh, every episode of the pod, especially if any of these are worthy of that 255 moment, the tunes we think are walkout worthy. We also think that some of them are good for the build-up, build up bangers, and also some are good for early doors in your stadium when people are starting to come in and it's time to create a bit of an atmosphere. Three more tunes to judge just like that right now, some which could be in your next match day playlist. First up is this. It's All of You from Duran Duran from their 15th, count them, studio album. It's called Future Past. This one we think has got a little bit of something about it. It's still anthemic and you can still tell it's Duran Duran. So there's no reason why this can't be part of your Early Doors playlist. The best thing I really could not choose. some time to think i'm in the bathroom looking at me facing the mirror is all i need next up it's imagine dragons whenever i think of imagine dragons i think of huge anthems like believer or natural and this is pretty close to that as well uh bones is the latest album from their fourth uh bones sorry is the latest tune from their latest album mercury act two got a little bit of the usual ingredients you expect from Imagine Dragons, so we think this is a build-up banger. Now onto the tune we think is walkout worthy, and this time round it's this big image, and the tune is called Something. These guys are a Birmingham-based quartet. Here's Prick, the likes of Rich Goulding at Birmingham City. Really like this and think it's got a 
good bit of atmosphere and a good bit of feeling about it. And as always with Shoot Music, when you sign up for their releases, you can grab hold of instrumental versions. So this screams to me to be put behind somebody's next build-up video shown on the big screens, or in fact, it may even be walk-out worthy. There you go, quite a few tunes to think about adding to your match day playlist. Have a look on Twitter at Sport Playlist. From there, you can go and sign up for Shoot Music's free services to get more new releases for yourself. Time to get back to the pod now with Lee Nicholson of Leeds United joining me and Alan Keegan from Man United. Um, I wanted to ask you about if, you, if you've ever had to miss a game because we, we we talk about it quite a bit because obviously we are you know we all know how very lucky we are to have these jobs. You know, you try and plan your life around them, you know, sometimes to the detriment of, of your personal life or your other half or whatever, because, you know, these, and, and especially, you know, I suppose it, where we're operating as well, a few of our games are often moved for telly as well. So it's not just your standard Saturday, 3 PM half the time. We're looking Friday nights, Monday nights, Sundays, all this kind of stuff. So we, we don't like as much as it shuffles the personal calendar around missing games. Have, have you ever had to? Uh, yes, I did. I uh, I suffered with a, a bit of a bad back injury um, back end of 2018, I think it was, um, and I had to miss a game at Ellen Road just near Christmas. Um, and I I spent a lot of November and, and December really, really struggling, and uh, and I had to miss that one game. Um, it was against. Do you know, I actually, I wrote it down because I'd forgotten. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, it was, it was Cardiff. Uh, it was a three-all draw against Cardiff, and um, and. I, the concern for me is knowing how so many of us announcers have gotten our jobs. Uh, is oh yeah, I went in one day and I covered for uh, for so and so, uh, and <laughs> and so in the back of my mind, while I'm laid here on diazepam and codeine and God knows what else, and I'm watching this game and I'm sobbing in my, in my cup of tea, thinking, should be there, don't be too good. Yeah, exactly. um, but they ended up they actually brought the guy in that was there before me. Uh, okay. Oh. Yeah, we've had that. At West. Well, uh, the, the reason I asked this question specifically this episode is because I've had a, a shocker recently where I had to miss a game because of a work thing we had in France. So I missed. I did the um, the Friday night before against Huddersfield, which was the two-two draw, and then I had to miss the upcoming game against Fulham. It's, you know, top of the league, Fulham absolutely flying you know Mitrovic banging the goals in for fun and everyone at West Brom considering the run they'd been on only just started recovering dreading this not dreading but you know obviously a bit concerned about how things would go against Fulham after after the Huddersfield game opinion changed slightly which was great um but so there I was in in France I'm in an apartment in south of France at this work thing there's this exhibition that's gone on the day and then I'm sat there in the evening and obviously my alerts are going off kick off you know check the teams okay well yeah fair enough and then kickoff goes and nothing happens for the first half. And I was like, blimey, they've held them nil-nil. And then, of course, of course, West Brom won. Callum yeah. Robinson scores. They beat Fulham. The place must have been jumping. Bear in mind, I've, wor- I've worked all of the telly games that have been nil-nil, obviously. I've done all of the Saturday games. We've had some, and you know, defeats. And the whole thing with Ishmael to Bruce has been a bit of a nasty changeover. Performances have only just started coming. And it's been tough. It's been tough. You know, we have not been playing well. And then there I am sitting in this apartment in France by myself with a takeaway pizza and the, Hawthor- <laughs> the Hawthorns is jumping and it 
it killed me. It, it was horrendous. It was awful. I can't believe I missed it. And then, of course, the social media comes with like, well, don't be coming back anytime soon, you know, because yeah. it's happened. That's oh. it. It's like somebody, it's like wearing, like someone else is wearing your pants. It's just, it's not nice. It's not a nice feeling. No, no. Yeah. Uh, well, I haven't actually had the email yet about the next game yet, so I, don't, I still don't know what's <laughs> happening. Alan, you might have to take over the pod. <laughs> Yeah, it well, with pleasure, but you know, there'll be oh. nobody like you, Rich. Oh, it's always, at least you think it's so. Always, it's always one of those things, though, isn't it, yeah. for any of us that, you know, it, it's that insecurity we all feel. But I, I also put it down to it's because we love the job so much, yeah. you know, it, it's not just an, an everyday job, as we said at the beginning, the three of us and all the everybody, every announcer we've spoke to. It's a privilege to do what we do, isn't it? And you just want to hang on as long as you can mm-hmm. through the good, through the bad, through the rain, through the sunshine, whatever. You just want to be there. And, you know, it, it's an unusual situation, but it is what it is. It's what it is. It is what it is. Uh, I, I know. I'll, I'll, I'll go back to when I had to miss the playoff semi against Aston Villa, but that doesn't even bear bringing back up, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I do want to talk about, Lee, is music, because you're one of the announcers where you're kind of, uh, am I right, that you're on the tunes as well as the mic during the game? Yes. So you're kind of running that. And are you sh- are you sort of shifting, you're playing with your playlist each week and all that kind of stuff, apart from maybe you're, you're sort of, as you get closer to the kickoff, do you fiddle with things a little bit earlier in the in the day? Yeah, so we'll, we'll add the, a couple of tracks in here and there. Um, something that we're starting to do a lot more of now is we're, we're sort of reaching out to a lot more local bands. Um, so we're trying to include them on the playlist. Um, and and to be fair, the club have been fantastic from a social media perspective in, in sort of providing a platform for these new, you know, up-and-coming um, acts, local acts. Um, and a, a few of them are doing really, really well. Um, and, you know, you regularly get, I'll get messages on social media saying, oh, I heard our track played out at Ellen Road. That is unbelievable. Thank you so much. And, you know, just to be, again, I think if I if we can do, if we can open up what we do to, to other people and, and, you know, almost give them away into it a little bit, I, you know, that'll do for me. Um, mm. So, yeah, we, we try and incorporate a lot of local music, which is great. Um, we, we will tweak it now and again. But as we get up towards kickoff, then it becomes a little bit more of a, a kind of set sort of pattern of music that goes out. Well, t- talking about Leeds local band, let's talk about the Kaiser Chiefs. <laughs> the and mighty Kaisers. The Kaiser Chiefs and, <laughs> and the whole the whole history and relationship with the I Predict a Riot. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the, the, the link, you know, the Leeds band and, uh, and you know, Lucas Radaby, uh, a, a absolute legend at Leeds United, um, played for his team in South Africa, was the Kaiser Chiefs, and, and that's where that, that name came from. And... Um, I predict a riot was we kind of start we were using it in the build up um, to uh, to the game. Generally, we were playing it before marching on together. And um, what we found is since we got up to the Premier League, the timings are such they're so strict now. And yeah. this will actually be, be good because if a lot of if any fans actually watch this, they'll be able to know exactly why now. Occasionally, the end part of marching on together might not get played out because. The timings that come through from the Premier League, you've got to hit those absolutely on the on the head, as, as you well know, uh, Alan. And it's yeah, you cannot miss them at all. I, I had so, two for a little while as well, by the way. I just like to, yeah, you know, I did have that for a little while. All right, <laughs> can you remember that part? Yeah, all right, yeah. All right. <laughs> um, and so 
yeah, you, you've got to hit those, those timings absolutely on the head. So, you know, you get the, the Premier League running order with, you know, referee out, teams out at this time, um, you know, teams line up in the centre circle. And as soon as they get there, get there, the Premier League anthem's got to fire at, you know, if it's a three o'clock kickoff at 57 minutes past, this has mm-hmm. to go. So you're kind of at the, you know, whatever the Premier League say, that's what goes, uh, really. Um, so that kind of routine as, as we're leading up, uh, it, it's just up to us to try and to try and judge it really, and, and you know, using the guys that are down at the tunnel, the security guys, and, and just taking all, you know visual cues from them, and, and obviously whoever the match manager is, whether that be uh, Sky or, or BT or Amazon or whoever, uh, yeah, yeah, and just trying to make it work as well as you mm. can really. And and but but I predict a riot obviously goes down well doesn't it and and it means it, and doesn't it mean you know as a match day dj who's not set on some stuff here and there you know there are there are times when you think yeah it's worth dropping this in yeah definitely um against uh burnley um not so long ago obviously we've really this we've really struggled this season uh which you know breaks my heart considering the season that we had last season with no fans in there um and then the fans get back in and you know we had a horrendous run with injuries and so the Burnley game was a big, big, big game. And to pick up a result there, um, the end of that game was just it, this feeling it was more relief than, than anything else. So I said to, to Matty, the floor manager, I was like, as soon as that full-time whistle goes, I'm, I'm playing I predict a riot. And, uh, and I did play on it. And the stadium just went insane. Uh, the, the South Stand, and there's all these videos that surface on social media afterwards with people singing along and, and bouncing around and... The atmosphere itself was just incredible, and I thought, you know what? We, I think we might be onto something here. Let's uh, let's keep it in the locker and, and at the right time, you know. Again, read the room and see if we can play it. Um, but we actually got a, we got a note from from West Yorkshire Police uh, just before we played Manchester United at Ellen Road, and uh, and that note that note was under no circumstances were we to play. I predict a riot at the full time whistle. Uh, no matter what the result was, we got told, do not play it. Oh. Like, right, okay. okay. No problem. That, that wouldn't have gotten a play out at the end of that game anyway. <laughs> you have but to be... move swiftly on. Uh... Uh, anyway, no, no, I, think, I think Alan wants to just, invest, just, just delve into this a little bit more, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Just, just a quick one on that. So, a bit of background, Lee. I've got two season tickets to United that I've always had of I say I, my wife and I, before I ever worked at Old Trafford. So, and we've always kept them on, you know. Yes. Yeah. So now my son, who's 21, he's been using the ticket since he was five with his mum and it's in the Stretford end and it's a brilliant seat, you know. Yeah. So we apply officially for every away game. And obviously, you know, there's certain games that you look on your list and funnily enough, we've, we've both got a set of friends and family, a couple who are, couple of connections who are massive Leeds fans where we live here right. so anyway we we uh, we apply for every away game and um, fortunately or unfortunately I don't know why this happened but I was only successful and got one got one ticket for for the Leeds away match right normally they come in pairs but I think it might have been like returns or whatever but anyway it's got a long story short it didn't really matter because my daughter um, was running um, a sort of half marathon in Blackpool that day. Now, I don't even remember. It was absolutely pouring it down. But anyway, to cut a long story short, so my wife and I go with my daughter, 
like is in her twenties. She's running this half marathon at Blackpool. The fucking waves, they're running along the pier. The waves, it's like absolutely pouring on everything. Um anyway, when my daughter sets off, we, we go to a little cheap and cheerful cafe for a full English breakfast and all the rest of it. Anyway, I get a message off my older daughter, who, who's obviously not running, and says, Has Joe been in touch with you? So he's gone on what's called um, well, I better not say the name of the transportation, but he's gone with a crew to lead yeah. on a minibus yeah. right, for the away match. Anyway, my oldest daughter sends me a message. We're eating this lovely full English. Has Joe been in touch with you, my lad? So I went, no, he hasn't. And she said, oh. She said, well, perhaps I better tell you then what's happened. He's left the ticket at home. <sighs> <laughs> right. So he's halfway to Ellen Road, oh, no. checks his pockets, and there's no way this minibus is turning round, you know. Yeah. So I then get a message of my daughter on behalf of my son saying, is there anything I can do? So I ring, um, I don't think I'm disclosing any confidentiality here, but I ring a contact at United who normally does the security and all the rest of it saying, is there any, you know, is there any way... Well, I text him a message and then I, I ring him um, and I say, is there any way you can help me out? And he said, in a normal situation, Alan, I'd go with you with the head of security at Leeds to the ticket office because we had a, we took a picture of the ticket and everything. Yeah. Right? We had, he had a picture of it. Um, but he said, I'm not working the game. He said, I've not worked it today. I thought, what are we going to do? Anyway, to cut a long story short, there's a good ending, not just with the result, Lee, but my daughter, this is how good she is. I live in South Manchester in Stockport, so it's a good hour away, a bit more. My daughter drove with the ticket to him. Wow. So, play. Well, that's what you do to get into the Leeds game, just in case. That's what you do. I mean, that's how big that game is, Lee. It is. It is. It's like you say, it's one of those, and it? You just, as soon as the fixtures are released. Yeah, yeah. Above all others, that's the one that we look for. <laughs> well, and but you know, essentially, you know, I've I've spent ages looking out for either the Blues game. I mean, you know, Wolves obviously hasn't happened since I've been there enough. But just because I think you know, we know as announcers as well that you know the atmosphere is going to do half our mm. job on that day, isn't it? It, yeah. it is, you know. Um, yeah. So look, I want I want to sort of get to your what we call the two fifty five moment, which I think is what all all announcers live for. Really, is that five minutes to kick off where you've probably got set tunes you know you're going to play you've got set things you know you're going to say and you get to that moment when the teams are walking out the tunnel you've got your lines to say and then you've got a tune to play so how does it work at Leeds what what, what do you say and what do you play so obviously we've got the the usual match day program obviously you've got your, the ads and everything that are running um, on the big screen and when it comes it gets handed back to us we've got a, a sort of set montage that, that we play out so we're not so we don't miss any sort of timings uh, and we start with uh, fanfare for the common man. Uh, so you've got the, you know, that real, that kind of trumpet bugle yeah. type introduction, Brilliant. which lovely just serves to get people's attention, um, which it does amazingly well. And that's something that was used, um, you know, throughout the years um, at Ellen Road when the music's changed in its various guises. Um, and then we go into a track called Strings for Yasmin uh, by Tintin Al. Um, and it's a real atmospheric um, kind of almost like a choir uh, kind of build-up that goes into this big dance track. Um, and again, that was used for quite a long time. 
um, and we brought that back um, at the request of the fans. Uh, and so, yeah, we uh, we ended up. Uh, th- that's part of the montage, which then goes into uh, marching on together uh, when the players come out. Uh, which you know, obviously, the majority of, of, of clubs have their their own walkout track, uh, be that one that's been adopted um, sort of over the years, uh, or one that's just been there since the beginning of time. Um, and marching on together is just one of those one of those tracks. Um, you know, for, you know, like marching, like um, you'll never walk alone. It's just, it's an instantly recognisable. You just sing a couple of lines out of it and people know it. Um, and you can kind of, you can almost tell by the gusto with which the crowds sing marching on together, how the how they're feeling about the game that's coming up. Uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> if it's up a few decibels, uh, you know, it's going to be a particularly raucous one. Yeah. Um, if it's an early kickoff on a Sunday, you know that they had a big night on the Saturday night. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> so it's a little, it. a little bit more prepared. But yeah, it's um, it's a set thing that we do with, yeah. with those particular structures. Have you have you got have you got words you say in, in there somewhere then as they walk out, or have you do you do? You... Yeah, um, I I actually there's a thing which is called the mishmash. I don't know if you've seen this. Um, there's an artist, um, I can't, oh, Alex, somebody I can't remember his name. I'm so sorry, Alex. Uh, and he's created these mishmash, and it's a great big cartoon with all these iconic moments that are sort of plastered all over it. And I've got on there, he's painted me in it uh, with a little speech bubble uh, saying, all right, Leeds, it's time to do what you do best. Let's let's raise the roof and welcome Leeds United. And that's my kind of my, my line nice. uh, as, the, as the teams are coming out. Um, and then I've started introducing a couple more things recently. So like when you do that final team read after the coin toss has been done, and the players are making their way to each side. Just a, another team read, and then just a real loud "Come on, Leeds!" And it just you, the crowd just kind of go up a little bit up more. And but yeah, I've only started doing that quite recently, which is uh, which is quite interesting. Um, do you get much? Do you get much uh, interaction, Lee, with um, fans through your Twitter or your Instagram? Do you get much? What what sort of communication comes through that? Is it good, bad, or indifferent? Uh, the majority of the time, it's really, really good. Uh, it's really positive. I think I've got a, a good relationship with the fans. Um, um, obviously, you're always mindful of the fact that you that you're a representative of the of the club. Um, you know that you're an employee at the end of the day, so you've got to be a little bit careful about what it is that goes out there. But I'd like to think that more often than not, I'm uh, quite honest and, and straight up with it. Sorry, you can hear my dog tap dancing around in the background. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to go out for a wee. Obviously, uh, she have to work. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I, get, I do get a lot of interaction, uh, which which I, which is good, and I, and I encourage it. I, I enjoy it. Um, the majority is good. Um, obviously, there's the odd. Why did you miss the last line of marching on together? And um, yeah, oh, idiot, you got up to renew the marriage vows, and uh, you know <laughs> that, that, that kind of thing. Don't let anyone line it up again. Yeah. Um, you get lots and lots of requests, obviously, for shout outs, um, birthday shouts, and things like that. Um, shirts. Anyone, anyone ever tried to catch you out with the old uh, number plate gag or yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. a few of them? Yeah. A couple. But the thing is, being in radio and, and being a DJ for a long, long, long time, seen I've seen most of them. Yeah, seen them all before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's good. you've got to get up early in the morning to catch me out with those. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, generally uh, the fans have been the fans have been great, um, and I and I love having that relationship with them. I, yeah. I love having that little bit of banter with them. 
I will always, even if it's a negative tweet that somebody puts out, I'll still engage with it. Mm. Uh, fine line, isn't yeah. it? It's a fine line between when you're a fan, but when, like you say, you're an employee of the club and, you know, how much you give it some, how much you don't. You know, we've spoken to guys up and down the last few seasons about those times where you really want to, but you can't or where you, you just have yeah. and you don't really care about it. It's 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 a real fine line, a real fine line yeah. between, you know, if, if, if the away team score and all that kind of stuff or, or you know, celebrating another team's away own goals or anything like that. Yeah, yeah you know... I- and there's quite a bit of interaction as well with with um, opposition fans, um, and I think a lot of them, if they've never been to Ellen Road before, uh, Ellen Road. I mean, everybody's going to say it, obviously, but Ellen Road is for me. It's a unique uh, football ground. It's an, it's one of the old, old fashioned stadiums. It's a it's a real old school kind of environment. The crowd are right on top of you. It's a real intimidating kind of place to come. Um, but the atmosphere is second to none. Um, and the Leeds fans are so loud and so passionate. And you get a lot of uh, away fans that will tweet and say, in response to something that I've put out, like, you know, best away fans or best away atmosphere that, that we've heard, you know, fair play to you. And, and that's always nice when you get that from, from travelling support as well. Um, and that's something as well. I always like to try and acknowledge the away support and, you know, thank them for, you know, wish them a, a safe journey home, uh, depending who they are, obviously, because some of them, you just kind of want to get them out of there. Yeah. <laughs> and some of them, you know, <laughs> you know the feeling's not going to be reciprocated either, yeah. Well, especially if you've just been tanked 5 mil. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, go on. <laughs> on yeah. yeah, no. Get, get off, let me cry. <laughs> oh, um but so, so I mean, it's been a short time for you, I suppose, a bit like me, really. Not really been there, you know, as many years. But I just, I just want to, I suppose, finish on that that idea of what, what, in your opinion, makes like a, a great stadium announcer. What are all the ingredients that come together that make it right? Um, well, I think, I think the thing that helps, obviously, is is being a fan of the of the team that you're there to to announce. Uh, it's all right going out and having the greatest voice in the world, and you can put it on. But I think when when you hear an announcer who is generally a, a diehard supporter of his club, there's just that little bit of something extra that comes across when you when you're announcing a goal. And uh, I think being able to to read the crowd, um, read uh, the, the kind of level of noise, and then you know when you're going for that secondary, when you're going to read the uh, announce the goal scorer, for example. Yeah. Just waiting for that level, just to come down a little bit, timing that right, and then and putting that in there again. Um, obviously, there are occasions when the noise level doesn't really drop that much, um, and you've got to shout over the top of them. Um, which was, uh, you know, sadly, I'm, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to mention it. But it, we're talking about the most memorable moments was when Pablo Hernandez scored after 16 seconds uh, against West Brom uh, at Allen Road. We were in a real sticky situation at that time, and for that to happen, the noise was incredible. Uh, and I couldn't talk for about two days. Trying to talk over the top of that uh, w- was absolutely insane. I think if you can judge that right, so you can keep that momentum going uh, with the crowd, that's quite a skill. Um, be passionate. Um, be obviously project. Um, you know, and just sound like you're having fun. Um, you know, smile while you're talking. It's. Uh, I liken it a lot to broadcasting. Um, you know, it's um, just just enjoy, just enjoy every single second while you're doing it. I think that's what we all do, isn't it? Because, we're, like you said, Alan, we're so we're so privileged to be to be doing what we're doing and so lucky to be doing what we're doing. 
Mm. Um, yeah, just go, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. And if you come across like you're enjoying it, the crowd are going to enjoy it as well. Well said. Well said. Lee, thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me on, gents. It's been a pleasure. I could go for another hour. Well, <laughs> we've, not, we've not even talked about no. under-23s beating Man United's under-23s a few days ago, 3-0. Oh, we've not discussed that. <laughs> yeah. that. That's how far we've stooped. I, I thought it's very been a, a very genteel, nice conversation with our comrade from Leeds. That's, that's all I was trying to instigate. That's all it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was quite it's happy all been very well-mannered. <laughs> yes, it, it has. It has. Well, hey, look, I don't know about you, lads. I'm, I'm off to, uh, I'm off to see if I can sign myself up for cameo. You know, what, what's, what's, what's the, what's the oddest um, thing you've been asked to do, Alan? Oh, crikey! Uh, sure. What has a stadium announcer? Well, yeah. When so, so when they get you, I mean, on you know, on the cameo app, on the old, you know, is it just birthdays and and? Oh, sorry, yeah, on the cameo. Beg yeah. your pardon, Rich. Oh, well, I've had everything, mate. I've had everything from you know high school goalkeepers moving on to you know. Um, lovey dovey messages. Um, I did. I did refuse one actually. I did refuse one not long ago. Um, where the wording was, I don't know if you know how it works, but you get a message, and when you record it, I mean, it's a brilliant app. Yeah. The, the words are all there. You know, you look in the camera, you hold it open, you can sort of read what they want you to say. But this guy had asked me to do a message to his mate, who was a Liverpool fan, and would have rinsed him. You know, uh, and I just thought that was one step too far. You know, I mean, it's all right having the banter and, you yeah. know, like we went back to like, I've got respect for George and people like that, you know, so I didn't, I didn't do that one. I just uh, thought, you know, I want it to be forming for the right reason and a bit of banter, not not having a go. But I was going to do the Rafa thing, actually. I thought about it. I thought I'll do the Rafa thing and give him the facts about United. You know, we have won the Premier League more times than anybody else. <laughs> Facts. facts. These are facts. Yeah. Do, yeah. Just, I'm, I'm going to dig it. Do, 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 how do they verify that you are Alan Keegan? Because in today's, well, you know. Uh, yeah, but ori originally, Cameo go through a process where you've got to confirm and okay. show evidence. And in my case, I had to send them a little clip of me at the stadium uh, okay, and right. different things. So, yeah, the, the, it's, it's a very tight operation, boys. You should get on it. It's, you know, Can you imagine uh, being the, the person who verifies for, for Cameo? I would totally be like, right, uh, just to make sure it's you, I'll need two match tickets. Uh, we'll, need some, yeah, we'll just come along, we'll just observe, make sure yeah. it's you. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? There speaks a Yorkshire man, Rich. speaks a Yorkshire man. Put me in corporate with a tan. That's where I want to be. Yeah, you see. Now, now we're getting to it. Now we're getting to the meaty end of the podcast. You see, you see, yeah. <laughs> see what it's all about. Once we get stuck yeah, in the boy, cameo, boys, let's sign up to it. You know. Uh, well, I think it's safer than only fans, if I'm being honest with you. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll probably look at that. Yeah. yeah. I only thought about it because of what the, the, the guy from Dudley asked me to do for his mate. He asked me, because his mate's a goalkeeper, so he asked me to do a substitution yeah. where Sam Johnston yeah. was being bought off and his mate was coming on for him. And yeah. that was it, but I was like, yeah. I was like we're, we're, we're just like in the back of a restaurant. I don't think it's going to sound the same. Although, to be fair, it's, it, the, that sound would have been better than the sound system at West Brom, which still is getting pelters <laughs> from people on social media. You know, every, yeah. anyone to tell you, because oh, when I tweeted saying I've missed the game where they've won, someone tweeted back, a couple of people tweeted saying, oh, you know, we missed you, we didn't see you. Oh, we thought it was someone different, blah, blah, blah. And then on top of that, everyone was like, oh, so you're the person we can never hear in the Brummy Road end, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've oh. got to say, I, I mentioned briefly there, but I, I was in the the start of France at the the rugby at 
a few weekends ago yeah. in England, France, and unbelievable stadium, guys. I don't know if you've yeah. been in it, or you, I don't know if you watched any of it, but the sound system and the lights and the effects, it was incredible. Absolutely fantastic. Interesting. That's seeing how the other half live, seeing what they yeah, get up to yeah. in the world of rugby, because it's not, it's not necessarily, I mean, in some cases it is, but it's not necessarily, it's, it's sort of, you know, the big showpiece that football tries to make. I mean, you look at places like uh, Wolves, uh, City, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. And I think you're, you're trying to get up there at Leeds as well, aren't you? Yeah, we, we've um, recently had all new um, floodlights um, installed at Ellen Road and, and it's the same system that, that Wolves have got. So it can all be programmed uh, sort of sound to light and oh. yeah, put on a, a light show. And Bit of disco. Yeah, well, I've got that in my locker, boys. I'll be honest. I might have to dust off some vinyl and, uh, yeah. and see what we can do. Uh, but I, I like that. I like the fact that, that they're embracing the matchday experience. And I, I think maybe lockdown's kind of, you know, pushed a few things forward in terms of, you know, what else can we deliver on a match day? You know, let, let's let's have a light show. You know, let's have some pyrotechnics before kickoff. And, you know, as long as it doesn't border on ridiculously cheesy, then... Come on, let, let, let's make the most of it. Do you know what I mean? But it, I bet yeah. it made a difference in France, didn't it, Al? Oh, mate, honestly, it was just... I was sat there because, you know, obviously I went a bit earlier to watch the whole sort of pre-show yeah. thing, the announcements, we're, how they do it. We're, we're the ones in two hours before kick-off, aren't we, looking at what yeah, they yeah. do in the world. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, my wife's had to come with me. Making little notes. Yeah. yeah, they've got a double-header, you know, male, female, uh, multilingual, obviously, you know, Um all that type of thing, loads of good video clips, very relevant, and just yeah. the whole build up to the thing. And the, but it was the sound system, you know, that it was crystal clear. The light show was amazing. I mean, if you get a chance, have a look at it on YouTube. The introduction is absolutely incredible. Nice. Yeah, it's good somewhere that I'd love to go. We we we're a bit like you with our sound system, uh, Rich. We're I think the most modern uh, or the most up to date sound system. Uh, a sort of set of speakers that's from 1994, oh. uh, which is which is in the east stand. Um, so yeah, it's something that is in the pipeline. I am reliably informed. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm told that most seasons. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to push them on it. No, you know I'm, I mean? you know, yeah, I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not going to rattle the boat anymore. No way, Jose. No way. All right, look, we've no. uh, we've we've banged on long enough, chaps. Thank you very much. Fantastic to meet you, Lee. Great to hear some of the stories about Leeds, and you know, just carry on doing what you're doing because you know, I, I all I did was watch that documentary, which I know there's 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 fleeting parts of you on, but not, not enough yeah. um, that, you know, from, from seeing marching on together, cause I've never been to Ellen road, just seeing marching on together. You get the, the, the idea that atmosphere is one to be part of. Well, let, let us know when you get a, a spare weekend and, uh, and we'll get you up there. And, and Alan, if you feel that you could actually survive it, then you're more than welcome. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll join my uh, fellow comrade here and we'll come down and see you, mate. No there problem. You go. Likewise. It. Likewise. Love it. Love it. Jen, good to speak to you. Thank you very much. Corporate with a tab, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll do the driving. I don't drink, so I'll drive rich. You're all right, mate. Legend. <laughs> uh, Beautiful. Lee, good to speak to you, mate. Thank you very much. Uh, and Alan, good to see you as well, mate. We'll catch you soon, all right? All right, boys. Well, big Thank thanks you. to Lee for his part in today's pod. And, of course, Alan for 
not going down too many avenues with the whole Man United Leeds thing. Great to have them both on as always and thank you very much to you for listening. Stay in touch with us on Twitter. We are at Announcers Pod or on Instagram at We Welcome Your Teams Pod as well. And of course you can always get in touch with us those ways. If you've seen or heard something at a stadium somewhere, all down to the announcer that we should be talking about. Uh, we'll see you for our next episode. Thanks again for listening. Thanks to Shoot Music as always for their support and you'll hear us soon at a stadium near you.